0: That song is so true, Lord. All our lives you have been faithful. Even when we didn't know it, you were faithful. Lord, it wasn't just the time when we received you as our Savior that you were faithful. You were faithful long before that. You were faithful when we were conceived in our mother's womb. You were faithful as babies when we were babies. You were faithful when we were toddlers pumping into everything and falling down. You were in this. You were faithful in the hard times when we became teenagers and, and tried to struggle with life. You've been faithful. And then we met you and we realized that your loving kindnesses are new every morning and great is your faithfulness to us, oh God. We love you for that. But not only for that, we love you for who you are. You are God and there is no other. And you have chosen us to be your bride on this earth. What an honor. What a privilege that you have given to mankind. Many don't accept it, but we do. We accept it. and We are your children. And we love you back because you first loved us. Lord, Speak to us today as we dive into your word. Speak to our hearts. Let us hear what your Holy Spirit has to say to each and every one of us. Wherever we are in life, we know that you're carrying us one way or the other. So Lord, to you be the glory for our lives, for this church, for your entire church that's in in this world today. Help us to let your will be be done on this earth as it is in heaven. To you be the glory for it all. For you have the power and yours is the glory forever. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless the church. You may be seated. For those that just tuned in online, we're at Freedom Church at the Palm Beaches. I'm Pastor Joe Trapani. We're glad you're here. Uh, stay tuned. Um, If you're local, we're in Palm Beach, Florida, so if you're local, you just hop on I-95, go to High Poluxo Road, which is the north border of Boynton Beach, the south border of Lantana, and you head west one-quarter mile on the right-hand side, and that's where we're at. So, come on by. If you're you're online and local, come on by and visit us next Sunday, 10 a.m., if you're if you're out of town, you know you can tune in every Sunday at 10 a.m. at freedomchurchpb.org. That's where you're at probably now, freedomchurchpb.org, and you can find out our list of ministries. You can find out our address. You you can find out what we believe in. You can even donate online should you should you wish to. Um, so for also, if you're local, men, we have a Bible study here every Saturday at 10 a.m. I'm sorry, 9 a.m. Come on by and, and uh, fellowship with us. We have a good group of guys. And, you know, right now I'm teaching the guys how to teach. You know, I'm letting, the, I'm letting whoever comes that if I know you, <laughs> and I'm not just gonna, you know, I'm not just going to, you know, I'm going to make sure you're on target. But, you know, if you the people that come to the group and they're there, you know, give them an opportunity to teach. So, they can develop their gift, if that's their gift at all. So, um, so it's been working quite well. People that normally wouldn't say a word or would never teach are teaching, you know, and they're learning. So, uh, come on by, men, 10 a.m. or 9 a.m. on Saturday, um, right here at Freedom Church. Um, also, for those online, if you're tuned into Freedom Church every morning, then Freedom Church is your church, and you should be tithing to it, or at least giving offerings. So I just encourage you to do so because we have an agenda to meet, you know, get the bills paid, you know, to reach out to the, to the people that don't know Jesus and whatever else our ministries are, you know, deliverance ministry. Um, it's, it's endless because everybody in this church has different gifts. And I encourage you to use your gifts that God has given to you. You don't put it under a, a bushel, you know. Anyway, um for those of you that um, are are online, I wrote a book. It's called About Face: A Wake-Up Call for the Church. It's written in a military fashion, so and explained. So it won't be bad for those that that uh, have never been in the military. It's explained, kind of like what the Lord showed me as I was a soldier at one time in a war zone. And you know, a lot of a lot of guys crack up. I I called out, and God got me out of that situation alive. And it was six years later when I accepted him as my Savior. And he was faithful, even when I was a dirt ball. And I'll tell you what, so bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Forget not all that he has done for us. So um, if you donate online, just let you know send a donation in. I'll send you a, a book free of charge. So um, just to uh, help encourage you to... I'll get the book and, and read it. It's might be a little bit more spiritual. I have a warning in this book. I'm warning you on, the, on page V7, you know, in some Roman numeral 7. Word of warning, this book contains a great deal of Scripture, and Scripture will change your life and the way you live. If you're not satisfied with your life, the way you live, and the way things are going down, you can have a brand new life. You can be born again into the kingdom of heaven, and you're going to see a whole new world within this world, and you're going to say, how would I miss it? Well, your spirit was dead. When you come to know Jesus as your Savior, your spirit comes to life, and you know, everything, the colors are brighter, the birds are singing better, you know, the music's better, everything's better. But then again, we get into, we're working in a world that we don't belong in anymore. In this book, I liken it to a scuba diver. You know, once you get saved, you're, you're going to struggle in this world, but your breath comes from God. God gives you a helmet of salvation. Well, that's your goggles. And as a scuba diver, when you put those goggles on, you can see way in front of you. Before the goggles, I, you know, you can't see much, maybe 10 feet. But when you put those goggles on, you'll say, hey, there's a shark out there. You know, there's a manta ray over there. You know, there's a there's a someone over there that's struggling and needs Jesus, and you go after him. And it's cool like that, and he gives you a spear gun too, which is your sword, which is the Word of God. You know, so he gives you flippers too, flippers. Your feet are shone with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and you can zip through the water with those flippers a whole lot faster. You know, to get to where you gotta go, because you're in a world now, once you accept Christ as your Savior, that wasn't there before. Your breath is from God, and he leads you all the way. And that's just a part touch on that, and I describe it in that book. And this is the stuff that God showed me as a soldier. Somebody said to me one time, and there's been several people, you're one of the, uh, the most sane Vietnam vets I ever met. <laughs> well, that's because God turned it around for me so that I could see the spiritual input to it. And it's beautiful when you, when you see what God has done and how, you know, how he does things. Um, so, before I go on and we'll get into a whole new preaching, I better just um, start our, our message from last week. For those of you that don't have this little flyer from last week, this is, a, this is part two, um, for those of you who don't have one, Theron's right there and he'll give you one um, Some of you weren't here last week, and some were. I'm a continuing with a part two, and we're in John one verse, chapter nineteen and verse thirty, and I'm going to read it to you. Chapter, chapter, nineteen verse thirty in John's gospel. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, "It is finished," and he bowed his head and gave up the spirit. So, that little flyer you have and what the title of this message is, What Was Finished? And there's a whole bunch of things that were, were finished at the cross when Jesus gave up the, the ghost. There's a whole bunch of things that were done. But we're going to look at 12 things, and I looked at six last week, and I want to look, we're going to look at six more this week. But I'm going to review last week's just so we get a handle back. You know, I hate whenever you have a two-part message, but some messages that God gives you is two or three parts or whatever it may be. Okay? When Jesus therefore had received the the vinegar, he said, It is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. And the question is, what was finished? Why did Jesus refuse, I mean, drink the fire wine? One time they they lifted up uh Gall and gave it to him, and he refused it. But this time he accepted it. Why? You know why? It's right in point number one. Jesus had to drink every last drop of the wrath of God. I might say the righteous wrath of God against sin. Jesus had to to receive it all. And when they offered him gall mixed with wine, gall is a is a narcotic and he would not take the narcotic to loosen the pain that he's having on the cross because he had to drink every drop. And here's what Isaiah, or Psalm 75, 8 says, For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup, and the wine is red in its full mixture, and he pours out the same. But the dregs thereof, all the wicked of the earth shall wring them out and drink and drunken, and they will be drunken. God is saying that he's got to take every last drop of the wrath of God, and he refused to go because that would have eliminated some of his pain. He had to endure the entire wrath of God, no exceptions. But Jesus did drink of this cup, and you need to drink of the cup that he saved. You need to drink from his cup because he drank your cup. So you got to come to that. That's point number one. Number two was cancellation of the reign of death. Cancellation of the reign of death. Romans tells us this in 6.9, Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead, he dies no more. Death has no more dominion over Him. Death was destroyed at the cross. That's one thing that was finished. Oh, death is still around. Death is going to be the last enemy thrown into the lake of fire. You realize Satan himself is going to be, and the false prophet and the unholy trinity is going to be thrown into the lake of fire, but the last one to be thrown, the last enemy is death. I don't know about you, but I can't stand death. Well, I don't care if it's a bird. I buried birds in my yard, squirrels in my yards, you know, uh, different things in my yard. I hate death. And that all started because we disobeyed God and some of the animals became carnivorous. It's our fault. We sang it today. He destroyed death by his death. What, what beauty, God! There is isn't God's Word. Now the devil has absolutely no power. You could look the devil in his face, and you have authority over him. Because he's a devil, and you're a saint. You get the picture here? God's going to go with the saint. Death had no more, had no more power over us. Yeah, we're going to die physically, because that was back in the garden. If you eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. And they did did die years later. But he's talking to us today spiritually. You will never die once you receive Christ as your Savior because he conquered death at the cross. And he drank every last drop of, of of the cup of wrath of God. Point number four we talked about, Jesus finished the, the defeat of Satan. And when Jesus defeated Satan, he defeated all the demons that, that follow him. They have been destroyed. When I was in Brazil, I mentioned one time I taught last night. It was a Sunday night in Brazil, which is the main service. I taught the, the people that, of that church, and we were there about ten days or so, when, when I preached that night, I am speaking in English, and of course, there's a translator to Portuguese, and uh, I, I mentioned to them, you know what, when the apostles prayed, the ground was shaken. I said, but listen, when you pray against against the enemy, when we were in Brazil, I didn't see the ground shaking. The ground did not shake when we prayed, and we had some powerful prayer times, and powerful ministries, but the ground didn't shake. But I told the congregation that night, I says the ground didn't shake, but the gates of hell were wobbling. And the devils were walking around with crutches because the saints were praying. And that, you know, there was a delay. I thought, well, that didn't go over real big. But then after the translator said it, boy, the whole church just started clapping. And it's true. Jesus defeated the devil at the cross. He's a a fallen foe. Jesus crushed his skull, just like David cut off the head of Goliath. But the devil, he actually thinks he's going to win this battle. He actually thinks he's going to win. He can't create a darn thing, but he thinks he's going to win this battle. Listen, you know know who's going to throw the devil in the lake of fire? One angel. Not 150,000 angels. One angel. He's going to take the devil and throw him in the lake of fire because he has no power. So when he comes against you, and he does against you, sometimes you realize it and sometimes you don't. You need to take authority over him because he's already been defeated. Jesus made an open spectacle of him at the cross. And he triumphed over him. Colossians 2. He triumphed over him. Point number five Oops, two pages here. Point number five: Jesus finished the work his father gave him to do. That's why he said it is finished." What he was saying was, "Dad it's perfectly perfect now. Everything is set. Everything's set. Everything the Father gave Jesus to do, he fulfilled. Scripture prophecies were being were fulfilled. And he needs us to know, when he was walking, you know, talking to the disciples the day of his resurrection in the evening, he said this. O fools, slow of heart to believe, all the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ have to suffer these things to enter into his glory? You read Psalm 22, and you see the suffering of Christ. You read Psalm 53, or Isaiah 53, you see the suffering of Christ. Jesus is saying, disciples of God, even in the 21st century, you know, ought not the Scriptures have been fulfilled by Him on the cross? That's why He said, it was finished. It is perfectly perfect. I fulfilled everything, Father, that you gave me to do. And when Jesus was walking on earth, what did He say? He said, I only do what I see my Father doing. He has a spiritual connection that just couldn't be broken which is something that we We strive for, that spiritual connection. Number six, the breaking down of the middle wall of separation, and I mentioned that to you last week. There is no more Jew and Gentile. There's believer and unbeliever. That is it. Jesus broke down the wall. The disciples were all Jews. But they became what? Antioch? Christians. They became Christians at Antioch. They pulled down the middle wall of separation. Here's what it says, and I'm going to read Ephesians 2, 14 through 18. For he is our peace, who made both one, Jew and Gentile, and has broken down the middle wall of partition, which is a barrier, a fence... The Greek word is fragmos, between us, having abolished the law of the commandments contained in the ordinances, for to make himself of one, of both one new man, so making peace. So there's peace now between Jew and Gentile, or Jew and Christian, really. God in one body, by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. And came and preached peace to those which were far off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Both Jew and Gentile that believe. So now it's about believer and unbeliever. It's about believer and unbeliever. Two groups were made into one. One body, one spirit to the Father. That he broke down. What was finished at the cross? Many things were finished, really. There's no longer Jew and Gentile. There's no longer bond or free. There's no longer male or female. I hear people say things about lady preachers. I don't have a problem with lady preachers. I think if you cut out the lady preachers, you just cut the body of Christ, power preachers in half. I don't have a problem with them. You know why? This verse. This verse says, neither male nor female. That means when you're fighting in the Spirit, there is no male or female. So every believer therefore has power and authority. Yeah, there was a custom back in those days. The ladies sat on this side, the, the men sat on this side. Those were customs of the day. Those were customs. But those ladies and men, they better be preaching the true gospel of Christ. That Christ came, he died, he's buried, he is risen, and you must be born again. You must be born again. He didn't say you 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 should be. You must be. That means there come a time in your life. There came a time in your life when all of a sudden you sided with God. Maybe you don't know that exact date. I know that exact date because things were going on in my family that that I knew. Anyway, you you might know God just gradually, but you will never deny Jesus. You will always worship Jesus. You will always pray to God through Christ. There was a time in your life where you gradually came. My mother was like that. My mother was always praying. But she never went to church except Christmas and Easter. But when I got saved, of course, she accepted the Lord a few months later. Thank God. But, you know, she was a time. I always pictured my mother as a believer. But she wasn't a a power-packed Christian. And you will never be a power-packed Christian if you don't read and study the Word of God. You'll just, oh, that's nice. I'm glad Jesus did that instead of looking into what he did exactly. One people, one church, no Jew, no Greek, one, no bond, no free, one, no male, no female, one. One Jew, one Gentile, one born, one free, one male, one female. All are one in Christ. All are one. We interpret Scripture by Scripture, and so First Corinthians 12:3, coupled with Galatians 3:28. Sorry, First Corinthians 12:13. By one Spirit we are baptized into one body, whether Jew or Gentile, whether bond or free, and we have been made to drink of one Spirit. We're all one. I've had people, man, I we, I work and still do in a deliverance ministry. And I remember guys come up to me. I always worked with ladies. The ladies had courage. I'm telling you, they had courage. I was like the only man that would work there, and sometimes the assistant uh, youth pastor, okay? But they always chose me because I was older in the Lord and more experienced, I guess, and, and God showed us, you know, that I knew stuff about that. So. I got into that ministry of deliverance. And the guys in the church come up to me. You shouldn't those women shouldn't be in the ministry. I'm there like, well, where are you? Where are you guys? Say so these women got more guts than, than guys do. Mother's Day's coming up. <laughs> yeah, so I'll probably, probably add that to the message. I don't know. But listen, courage. There is no male, there is no female. Quit getting into the literal word of God and look at the spiritual. Word of God, which Jesus is telling us. You know, when we talked about it last week or the week before when when Lewis was up playing and we were doing communion, you know, Jesus told the disciples at the dinner table at at the Passover, he said, take, this is my body. It's going to be broken for you. And take, this is my, my blood, which will be shed for you. John 6, 53. The disciples are going like, Huh? we got to partake of the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God was sitting at the the Last Supper table. There was no lamb mentioned. Jesus was the Lamb. They were going to eat of His body? Ten verses later, the disciples asked this. Jesus, what are you talking about? Eat your flesh and drink your blood? And Jesus answered them, John 6, 63. My words are spirit, and they're truth. It wasn't literal body. You aren't a cannibal and eating and drinking his blood. His words are spiritual. Let's get into the spiritual. So you don't read the black and white in your Bible and, and think you know it all. You've got to look at the heart of it, the spiritual side of it. Not all the time, but some of the time. A lot of the time, I should say. You were made to drink of one spirit. In Romans 10, 12, There is no difference between Jew or Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all and call, uh, that call upon him. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever. Here's point number seven, which we did not talk about last week. We're into our study here today from the review. Jesus finished a way for personal access to God. He provided for us a way of personal access to go right before the throne of God. Ephesians 2.13 says this, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off, that was me, I was far off, and, made, and have been made near by the blood of Christ. We've been made near by the blood of Christ. Hey, before I met Jesus, I was way gone. I was way gone. I regret those days when I look back. But Jesus says, quit fishing in that pond. I buried him in the sea of forgetfulness. Quit fishing. I've been forgiven. But I remember what I did, and I thought, you were a raunchy dirt, ball. You know? But I'm not that guy anymore. See, I've been born again. And you too. If you met Jesus, you've been born again. You're different than you used to be. Oh, your friends from high school would still recognize you maybe. But inside, you're a different person. Those whitewashed bones were crushed and spewed out. And now you're clean in Christ. And then Acts 2.34.9 says this for the promises for you and for your children and for all that we're far off, not just you. It's our job as a church to reach out to the world. That's why Matt went to Brazil for, for six months. That's why Brett was in seven years in, in Brazil. That's why we've gone on missionary trips all over the place. I know some of you have. It's great. You know what? The promise is for not just us, but for our children. I wish that for my children. Every day I pray that prayer. Oh, they're, no, they're not bad kids. They they have good jobs. You know, they, they do this, they do that. But you know what? They seem to have forgotten the Lord. And they've accepted the Lord. And they were baptized in water. But it don't look like Christians to me. We are called to look like a Christian. People should be able to look at us and say, something different about you. One guy said to Max down here, Max got saved about a year ago, over a little over a year. One of his friends I'm a Christian, but I'm not like you. And that just told Max a whole lot. He's a Christian. Well, he was born into a Christian family, and because he was raised in a Christian church, he thinks he's a Christian. You're not a Christian because you were raised in a Christian church. You're a Christian because you received Christ Jesus as your Savior and your Lord. You believe that He came, He died, He was buried, and He is risen, 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4 and 5. You believe that. All the promises of, of, of God in the Old Testament are, are for us today. All the promises. All the promises. Psalm 103, you, I quote it a lot because I love it. "'Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that was within me, within me let, let me bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, and forget not all his benefits. Listen, who forgives all your sins. Do you believe that? Who heals all your diseases? Yes. Yep. And who delivers your life from the pit. And crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. So Your mouth is full of good things and you shall rise up like wings on eagles. That's the promises of God. I went to the internet one time. Somebody says there's from is 3,000 to like 13, 12, 13,000 uh, promises in the Word of God. And there's so many of them because God loves us. He wants the best for us. And we know we could back that scripture up. The last part, you know, you rise up like, like renewed, like uh, like an eagle. And we know what Isaiah told us. Another prophecy. Since you pre- you interpret scripture by scripture, that they that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They'll mount up like wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. I studied. Uh, I went on the internet just a couple days ago or yesterday, and I was reading about eagles. You know. Some eagles are, are their their wingspans like eight feet wide. They can pick up a calf. They're strong. And they can dive at 140 miles per hour. Whew. I had a, a, a Cooper's hawk that was in my in, in our neighborhood. He sit at the top of the pine trees over there. And I'm thinking, my my little dog, she's ten and a half pounds that thing can swoop down and take my puppy. So I, I studied that hawk. I looked at it, oh, that's a Cooper's hawk. Went on the internet, found out that they only get to be four three to four pounds. Their is like five feet. But they only get to be three or four pounds. And they can't pick up anything heavier than them. And I said, okay, my puppy's safe. <laughs> so now I always look for him because he's cool. He's cool. He sits up there and, in the tree and just looks all around. You know, it's cool. I love God, what he did. I, if I had a time machine, I told many people I would not go back to, to the cross. I would go to when Jesus created the animals. Because he had to have a ball. I going like, put a horse with stripes and becomes a zebra. Takes a cow and makes a long neck and becomes a, a, a zebra. Not a zebra. Giraffe. A giraffe. You know, the fish. I, one time I was fishing out in the ocean out here. I caught a fish, and I said to this, the mate on the fish, and it was there for like seven years on the boat. I said, what kind of fish is that? And he said, I don't know. I never saw it before. <laughs> you know, this earth is full of the beauty of God. And that's why Paul says, "I hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, nor has it entered into the hearts of men all that God has prepared for those that love him when we're gone from this earth. You think this earth is beautiful and the animals are are beautiful, especially the non carnivorous ones? You know, I mean, wait till we get to the kingdom of heaven. You're going to see things you never imagined because God is immeasurable in his thoughts and his creation. How does he create a human being and then create an ant? How could you do that? He is amazing. He's wonderful. That's all there is to it. But we have redemption. We, because of Jesus, and, and the way for personal access to God is through the blood of Christ. You can't get to God without the blood of Christ being applied to your life and washing away your sins. Come, let us reason together, says Isaiah. Though your sins were red as scarlet, they shall be like wool. I said, reason together. Our sin keeps us away from God. I mentioned last week if I put a drop of urine in this bottle right here, I wouldn't drink from it. And neither will God drink from sin in his kingdom. So if you have sin, it needs to be washed away by the blood of Christ. And God can't see anything through the blood of his son that covers you. Your sin is hidden. And not to mention. He's up there interceding for you because that's now Jesus' job in heaven. He intercedes for us so that we can have access to the Father. Number 8 of 12, why what was finished? Salvation from all sin, not some sin, all sin. Matthew twenty six twenty eight says this, For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. So how are your sins washed away? By the blood of Christ. You can back that up. You back that up with Scripture like Ephesians 1.7, In whom we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. Colossians 1.14, In whom you have redemption through the blood, even the forgiveness of sins. You, you go on and on. You interpret Scripture by Scripture. So if you got other Scriptures backing up what the other Scripture says, and we're talking about different men at different times writing different things under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 9.15, He is the mediator between the New Testament that by death for the remission of transgressions that we were under the first when that we were under the first the old testament which they which were called may receive the promise of eternal inheritance we right now for those of, of us that receive Christ as our savior we have an inheritance in the kingdom of heaven an eternal inheritance you know, people say, "What am I going to do? Stand around and worship God for ten thousand times ten thousand years?" Yeah, your whole spirit's going to be crying out, while you're going to be seeing all the other things that that He created for you, and you're never going to run out of out of out of anything from God because He's way above you, and you can't even imagine it. Revelation one five says He washed us from all sin by His blood. Jesus is talking to the church, the seven churches at this point. He said, He washed us from all sin by His blood. It's all been done already. You don't have to do nothing. You don't have to be a Sunday school teacher. I think you should be. You don't have to be a musician like Matt, but you should be if that's a gift God gave you. You know, if you're a preacher, and that's what God called you to, preach. Number nine out of the things that what was finished at the cross, demonstration of obedience and love. Jesus demonstrated his love and the Father's love toward us by his obedience. He was obedient to the cross. You know Philippians 2:8. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. We are to be obedient in all things. We're to be obedient in receiving Christ. We're to be obedient in being baptized. We're to be obedient by going to church because you're not supposed to forsake the assembling of yourselves together. But there's a habit of some people; they do it. You know. Well you're not supposed to because you don't you're not getting exhortation, you're not getting encouragement from a saint, you're not getting a holy kiss from 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 people that give holy kisses. It's not sexual, it's holy. What part of holy don't you understand? Holy. And COVID tried to wipe that all out in the Christian church. The devil messed up a bunch of people because of it because they're looking at the carnality of it instead of the spirituality of it. I give a holy kiss because I love you as a person. You're my friend. You're my brother. You're my sister. Because of COVID, I'm afraid to even hug people anymore. I, I I don't mean that as a fear. I just don't know. I should say, I don't know whether to hug you or just shake your hand anymore, because COVID ruined that. Trying to, the devil's trying to defeat everything that God brought back around. Always doing something perverted. 1 Peter 2.21 says this, For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his footsteps. That means obedience. You know, I'm, I'm going to touch where, and I'm not going to stay on this long. I'm going to touch on the financial end of a person's life. You're to be obedient and tied to your church. Or you're to give gifts and offerings. You are. The churches are struggling right now after what the devil did to the churches. The Spanish church that used to meet here couldn't make it through the COVID. They made it through, I think, the second, almost the second round. COVID has changed things. We're not to let COVID change things. We're supposed to change COVID. We're to change the world in this this generation. We aren't supposed to be putting fear over faith. We're supposed to put faith over fear. Because God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, right? Power, love, sound mind. Power because you have the authority over it. You just said, according to uh, Psalm 103, who heals all your diseases. Do you believe that or you don't? I believe that. I really believe that, and I want to believe it. And Jesus says, if you believe in God, and you say to this mountain to be taken up and cast in the sea, and if you don't doubt in your heart but believe that what you said will happen, God will grant it. So is the Word of God true? Absolutely. Absolutely. Number 10 out of 12, what was finished? Making peace between God and man, Ephesians 2.15. C, and 16. One new man, and so making peace, and might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. He brought peace. Jesus, remember Isaiah? Unto you a child is born. Unto you a son is given. He shall be called wonderful. Consular, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's why I rode into Jerusalem on a donkey instead of a white stallion. He was bringing peace into Jerusalem. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He was bringing peace. Jesus established peace not only between men of of like Jew and Gentile and bond and free. He established peace. With God, so that you can have access to God, and I can have access to God. We access God here today while Matt was worshiping. You're clapping, you're listening, you're sitting, if you can't stand, you're kneeling. Because he brought peace. I love Colossians 2.20. This verse has been on my heart for 35 years. If you were crucified with Christ to the elementary principles of this world. Listen, elementary principles of this world. Why do you submit yourself to them as if you still lived in this world? You're, you're a scuba diver, remember? You were thrown into the ocean, and you're struggling in this world now because you don't belong here anymore. When you accepted Jesus, your visa doesn't say the United States anymore. Well, your visa says the kingdom of heaven. That's what you have, the kingdom of heaven. You are from heaven. You're an ambassador to the Lord Jesus Christ on planet Earth. As I always say, if you're, if you're a low self-esteem person, you better read the scriptures because you should come out in, a, in the highest point ever if you read the Scriptures because God loves you. Not, not the President of the United States. God. Colossians 1.20 says this, And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. That's what Jesus did. He demonstrated his love toward us, and yet while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Talk about obedience! Why didn't Jesus sit on his throne and have Gabriel and and Michael feed him grapes? No, he loved you so much. He got down off of his throne, went through a living hell, at his death. Talk about obedience. There's none better than that. Point number 11 out of 12. The death penalty was paid in full for all who believe. Lamb of God who takes this way the sins of the world. Peter says it this way, and I love this verse. He says, You weren't weren't redeemed with perishable things like silver and gold, but precious blood. Precious blood. As a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. Precious blood. This wasn't just the blood of a bull or a goat. It was the blood of Christ, the Messiah, the King of Kings. That's why the earth quaked, the wind blew, the sky got dark, when the Father turned his head from Jesus on the cross. When he bore the, the every last drop of the righteous wrath of God against sin. It's precious blood. The whole of... You know what? I didn't see the moon shake, or I, I could imagine the moon was shaking and the sun was shaking that day when that blood hit the ground. That's how holy this blood is. Hebrews tells us, if you trodden under blood, underfoot the blood of Christ? Boy, you're in sad shape. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. This is precious blood. Every believer, every church believer needs to realize this wasn't just blood of a bull or a goat. God isn't satisfied with that. Hebrews tells us that. The Old Testament uh, tells us that. You, all this was to let you, all that blood that was shed over history was to let you know how precious the blood of Christ is. You don't have to offer a sacrifice ever again. It's the blood of Christ, once for all, the just for the unjust. You don't have to do it. He did it all, all of it. You don't have to do nothing but believe. But believe is a verb. That means you need action. It means you need action. Adhere to. Trust in, rely on. Second Corinthians, you all know this verse. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against him. In other words, he forgave all your sins. And trusting to the message of reconciliation. We have been reconciled to God through the cross. That's one of the things the Lord did for us. And the 12th thing. Bodily healing for all. That was finished at the cross. Forget not all his benefits, who heals all your diseases. It was done at the cross. It's already been done. Matthew 8, 17, Jesus says this, That was to fulfill that which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. He took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Jesus did that for us. When we talk about the Greek word or the Hebrew word, which is rapha, it means to, listen, I look it up, it means to cure, to repair, to mend, to restore, to health. The main reference of rapha is physical healing in the Old Testament. I am the Lord that heals thee, Exodus 15, 26. I am the Lord who physically heals you, that's what he's saying here. But it may also be used in relation to healing of the soul, because Psalm 41, 4, and the healing of a broken heart, some have attempted to limit God's healing power to the spirit, soul, and body of man. And they speak of physical illness with a this of a physical illness with a divine cure. The first mention of Rapha in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 20, verse 17, and it refers to cure to a physical condition. and healing from leprosy and boils. In the desert, God rebuked the Jews in Psalm 78, verse 41. He said, again and again, they tempted the Lord, and they limited the Holy One of Israel. Listen, if you think right now that God doesn't heal diseases, then and because somebody you know wasn't healed, that tells me that you're limiting God. God. It's written in the Bible several times. All things are possible with God. That means if if, you're, you know, if your husband's divorcing you, oh well, God can correct that. That means if you have a disease, a sickness, God can it's not impossible for God to cure that. If you have a broken heart, God can cure that. Because that word rapha speaks not only to physical healing, but to spiritual healing. Matthew, Jesus says this, chapter 13, verse 15, Lest at any time the people should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their heart, and be converted, and I'll heal them. He's going to heal you in that prayer. He's going to heal you spiritually like that. He's going to heal you. Surely you know that Jesus bore our griefs and our sorrows, and he carried them as we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for whose transgressions? Your transgressions. That blood, that broken body. Bruised for your iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his what? we are healed by his stripes. Why do you think the Hebrews put stripes on their, their matzah? They don't even know it probably because of blood I mean the, the bread had to be striped and Jesus' body had to be marked and striped. 1 Peter 2.24, Who his own self bore our sins in the body on a tree, that we, believing, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, and by his stripes we were healed. So we see Isaiah, we are healed. We see Peter saying we were healed. That means that we when Jesus died on that cross, written in, in uh, Isaiah chapter 53, it was already done. So we, we are healed, and Peter says we were healed. That means that whole time period here, there's healing for the church. I've seen it many times. I know, you know, I mentioned it before, a lady in our deliverance ministry, over 12 years ago, she was told that she was going to be dead with two liver diseases. Doctors told her maybe a year, maybe two years, you'll be dead. That was 12 years ago. We took her through deliverance. She found out that she was dedicated to an idol in Guatemala, because God spoke to her in a dream. She found out that there's a box that, her, that her, her grandmother had given her, and God told her to go get that box and open it up. She went to that box, opened it up, and when she was a child in Guatemala, she was dedicated to a Mayan god, and there were idols in that box. And she took that out to the driveway, smashed the item with a hammer, and burned the dress, little white dress. Innocent, you think. She was dedicated to a devil, and that devil had a stronghold in her life, giving her that, those, those diseases that's going to take her out. But God, poof, just like that, it was gone. We all knew it. In a moment, in a moment, it was done. That's not the only time. That's not the only time that happened. something similar like that happened. God can heal. And God does heal, even today, even if you don't believe it. But I'm telling you what, if you don't believe it, it's, it'll be grace if he answers it. Because you have to believe. And believe ain't the only part. I, I'm not telling you you don't have enough faith. There's other things and other factors that come in. You got to be treating your spouse correctly. You know you got to have. You can't have unconfessed sin. You can't have unforgiveness. Those things got to be gone too. Because that'll hold back the healing or the deliverance. So by His stripes we were healed. We are healed, and um, and I believe that. And I don't know by you. Why? Why else would God put this in the Bible? If any of you are sick. Let him call for the elders of the church and let him pray over him and anoint him with oil and the prayer of faith will heal the sick. Why is that in the Bible? Just take it out, throw it away. You know why? Because there's physical healing in Christ and his broken body. So when Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, Jesus finished this work, He glorified His Father. It has been done on the cross that day. And the answer to Jesus' prayer in John 17, 4, I have glorified Thee on earth, and I have finished the work You gave me to do. Now, O Father, glorify me. And you, whether you're over the internet or whether you're here today, you need to glorify God. And how you do that is by receiving Jesus Christ as your Savior and really believing in Him. So my question to you, do you believe? Do you believe? Do you really believe? Or is it just, oh, yeah, I believe. No. Believe has a, what can I say, a action attached to it. And if you really receive Christ, your life will change. It might start off with a small thing. You might cut out the swearing. You might start out with a big thing. You know, I know people that were delivered from crack like that. And all I know is, all I know is God's a lot bigger than than we think. And this lesson, what was finished? You just heard some of the things Jesus did on the cross. It's finished. So when he said it is finished, it was finished. It was all done. You have access to the Father. God satisfied the the whole. Jesus satisfied the whole wrath of God. Cancelled out the 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 reign of death against us. Cancelled out the sin's power. He defeated the devil and the and the and Satan himself. He broke down that middle wall of separation. He gave us access to God. Just like this morning when Matt was worshiping, we were on our knees. Our hearts were bowed and in in. in prayer to the Lord, and that wall of separation was broken down, and we receive salvation from our sins and access to God, and Jesus taught us how to be obedient, and we have to be obedient to keep the church alive and well in this world. Jesus made peace with God, and now we have peace with God. Listen, I personally, if I didn't know Jesus, I would never... I'd be afraid to be annihilated if I went before God. But because of Jesus, I know I can go right to the Father's feet and fall down and worship him. And I will be spared because of my Savior Jesus. Death penalty is paid in full. And if you have a body body that needs healed, he can do it. And this altar is always open. So I'll stay up here if anybody wants to come up for prayer. Okay? those online, you can always go online to my email, joe at freedomchurchpb.org. joe at freedomchurchpb.org. And you can can, uh, tell me that you've accepted Jesus as your Savior. And I, I will be rejoicing with the angels in heaven. So, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your son Jesus. We thank you that he finished all the work that you gave him to do. And we thank you most of all that, that we have been chosen by you to be called into your kingdom and our sins are washed away and we're going to be married to you someday. What a glorious day that will be. Lord, for those that, that uh, listen today over the internet, I pray that their eyes are open, their ears begin to hear, their hearts become pliable flesh, that they can receive Christ as their Savior and their Lord. And they can be washed by the blood of the Lamb. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you, church. I love you all. The altar's open.